Welcome to CDM Media's Executive Insights. I'm your host, J.D. Miller, Vice President at CDM Media. We have a great show for you today. Joining us is Eric Yancey. Eric is the Information Security Officer for the City of Irving, Texas. He also has his own consultancy, Yancey Consulting. In his role, he provides information security support for the City of Irving, including 911 services, police, fire, libraries, city hall, senior centers, and other city facilities and departments. When we come back, Eric Yancey. Eric Yancey joins us 20 years of security experience now with the city of Irving. Welcome to the Executive Insights Podcast, Eric. Well, thank you, JD. It's an honor to be here. Now, we had a great discussion during the CDM Media uh, Dallas Digital Summit around a number of topics. I kind of wanted to get more insight from you on, on those. So, you know, I want to dive right on in because you brought up some wonderful uh, insight around the challenges for a municipality during this COVID time. And when you look back, once this started really back in March for a lot of the states, you know, what surprised you most about the journey you had to take the organization through? Well, thanks, JD. So one of the challenges is day to day, the city of Irving did not have a work from home policy. You know, it's, it was a, a new experience for them. Uh, most of the time, you know, you just can't do uh, a lot of the services without face to face. And so when I first got here um, about a year ago, it might have gone on actually a year and a half, you know, I, I was looking at policies and there was no BYOD or bring your own device. There was no work from home. And when I, when I questioned that, the CTO, my boss said, you know, this is just something we don't, we don't do. So um, certainly a, a disruption, uh, a culture change to allow people to work from home. So we did have a core of individuals who you know have to be there. You know, we got water payments, police, fire, emergency services, obviously, but all the um, administrative staff uh, were were you know now having to uh, we have to issue out laptops. Um, and we have to where people didn't have them, uh, and certainly secure it. And, and so that was really, um, as I said, it was it was a big impact for us since we didn't have something in place. When I say that. We had infrastructure. We had a VPN solution. We were issuing laptops out for you know certain individuals, but we still had to accommodate individuals who normally wouldn't work remote, remotely. You know, had desktops, um, and make sure that our capacity was there and security was there. So certainly there was a whole realm of you know where where do we go? What do we? How do we secure this? Did, did you did you guys take a, a closer look at your tech stack during this time? Did it help you identify gaps you might have had in your in your tech stack that uh, increased some security risk for you guys? Um, well, fortunately, we we did have already a, a stack uh, in place that would be able to technically accommodate. Um, believe it or not, the one of the biggest uh, challenges that we had was our uh, city council meetings. So. We have a, a large room for our city council meeting, which is open to public. And by law, we're, we, uh, citizens are allowed to step up and, and, and speak for three minutes. Well, that, that was just, it didn't exist. So how do we open up a secure environment, but in allowing citizens outside, you know, we didn't want to get Zoom bombed, obviously. Um, our city council was all remote, uh, where they used to be sitting in, in front of the, the city council chambers. 
So that was one of the tech stacks we just had to you know, basically create from scratch. Um, other than that, remote workers, uh, customer support, IT, and some of the other uh, critical uh, administrative staffs already had laptops, VPN access, because even though it wasn't a, uh, you know, you're working from home, it was, okay, three in the morning, there's a network issue, you know, they, they had the ability to VPN in and obviously remediate it. Um, so city council certainly was an innovation from scratch. The other thing that I was not familiar with that I think is a security challenge for any uh, entity that in this new realm is this furlough. Right. Okay. So, you know, accessing and, uh, and, and user administration uh, is, is kind of simple, right? You, you get your users come in and then, then they leave, right? So you add and terminate. Yeah, there's challenges with east-west kind of user access administration, right? Somebody who goes from this particular department to another. But having a employee who isn't fired or laid off, right? They still have do they have access? Don't they have access? Are they now going to be an insider threat because they may, they're no longer being paid, right? So are they exfiltrating data? Are they rogue? Um, so that was very interesting for me and, and it's certainly a challenge in order to, you know, if this person was furloughed on a Wednesday and suddenly on Friday they're downloading user contact information, that's now an alert, whereas they may normally have that access and ability. So. I'm not saying that we got it perfect, but that was certainly something we had to look at. Yeah, as a security executive, did you find that you were getting more of a place at the table, um, whether it's business continuity planning or even just strategy because of, of this current climate? One of the reasons why I accepted a position uh, at a municipality after you know, 20 years of uh, private sector was because of the amazing support of our city council and our uh, management team, city, our city uh, administrator. So I have seen layers of support from you are a commodity and a checkbox compliance just go away all the way to where I'm at now. Um, Budget in the city environment is extremely uh, competitive, right? So you have, you know, it's all transparent and tax dollars are being used. I have the obligation to make sure I'm using it effectively. But when a city council last year goes in and says, oh, thank you for that budget request. Is this enough? I, I, what? <laughs> you know, you've never, <laughs> I've, never I've never had that uh, you know, problem before. Um, now, the, now realize the context was, okay, don't be Atlanta, don't be, you know, Albany, don't be, you know, Baltimore. It, it was, they were very concerned, uh, and I was creating a security program from scratch. So, it, whereas there were silos uh, and, and kind of ad hoc security, it was never a, a finite. So, to answer your question specifically is, I have, from the day I stepped in, um, an amazing amount of support and visibility. I, I actually, we changed uh, from an eight character password to a passphrase, a minimum of 14 characters. And when I positioned this to the uh, city administration and, and, and leadership, literally he sat there and, uh, and, and Chris Hillman, this is amazing. He's like, well, let's do that today. We need to get this done, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa professor. You know, I get, I thank you for your support, but you know, we have system accounts we have to consider and we have a, you know, education campaign. So but that teaches you some type of, uh, I guess, context for the amount of support I get here at the city. Now there's not certainly unlimited, uh, but they take it very seriously and, and I cannot 
I mean, this is an amazing atmosphere that I've never experienced before. You have unique challenges too, working for uh, a city. I think I, I saw a recent stat around 25 cities were attacked last year with ransomware. Yes. Is that keeping you up at night? How are you being aware and communicating with the staff on those? Well, absolutely. If you were to ask me, you know, what is the, what is the, the biggest fear, of course, is the availability of ransomware is, is an impact. So there's, there's really um, the, the biggest uh, layer of defense that we have against that is phishing. Um, and so uh, when I started in, uh, I was aggressive at educating. We actually, I did a um, demonstration of a hack using virtual machines, Metasploit, and actually compromised some virtual Windows machines to show uh, all of the directors and their staff during their meetings. This was actually a, a marketing campaign and said, this is real. This is why we're going to 14 character passwords. And this is how easy it is to compromise accounts once you click that phishing email. So because of that visibility, uh, they were embracing, you know, okay, security is a, is a real deal. But now we, we use a solution that has an annual security uh, awareness training campaign. Uh, so House Bill 3834 is a Texas legislation requiring all city employees and elected officials to take cybersecurity training. That is so important uh, for social engineering phishing. But also, uh, we send out a random, there's about 50 some templates and we randomly send out two phishing emails to every employee a month. Mm. If they click on that uh, phishing email, we uh, will, we actually go in and say, okay, you, you have some training to do and they're required to do a five minute training, not as a punishment, but as a visibility. Hey, these are the things you should look for so you don't click this link. Um, we also have a reporting function where they click on it and it identifies it as a, you know, this was a phishing test, you passed, gold star. Uh, information security is not a technology problem. It is a people problem. And so what I did was I focused in on that people problem. I educated and reduced their uh, likelihood of clicking that phishing attack. And to date, it's been extremely successful. Uh, but again, you know, I, I think that, you know, I don't want to be you know, too celebratory because, you know, it's, it's always a challenge, right? Um, our human is our biggest asset, but also the biggest threat. Right. Every day is going to be different too. New challenges that are, are put forth. I think I, I saw a, a recent stat that uh, before the pandemic, um, or since the pandemic rather, that uh, it's been a 300% increase in, in cybercrime. Uh, you know, in the the phishing attacks are going crazy now. Um, and also, they're very intelligent. It's no longer the Nigerian email scam that you look at and laugh, right? Um, these, uh, you know, good example, uh, we're seeing uh, now uh, payloads being attached to voicemail, WAV files, right? So uh, you talk about um, remote workers are now using their, uh, you know, integrations of phones and, and, and intelligence there. So, you know, city managers are getting voicemails and they click on that WAV file and suddenly there's a payload, which is, you know, I respect the uh, complexity, but it's certainly a challenge to secure uh, those type of emails. And absolutely we're seeing the Word documents and PDF attachments uh, with payloads uh, due to, hey, click here for a cure or the latest COVID updates. So we are certainly seeing that. You talk about education is a big thing. When you break up your role as a security executive, you know, talk to me about people, process, and platform. Where are you putting energies and, and how are you doing that? Because I'm sure like a lot of departments, you, you don't have a robust staff. You, you're handling a lot of things as well. 
Yeah, that is an extreme challenge. So the way we have designed the uh, security at the city here is what I would call a distributed model. I have never in my career have had such business units with disparity, right? So one of my uh, my customers is you know going to use SCADA and wastewater and water. Then my other customer is a library with public internet access and private internet access and you know all these other things. So it's almost it, you can't even call it business units. It's like twenty six companies, um, and I'm a single person. So uh, we don't have a centralized security staff that's supposed to be experts at all these different 26, and I say there's 26 departments here. So what we have done is uh, provided what I would call entity level controls, right? So security training, uh, risk management, that, that encompasses everything. But the individual um, departments then have their expertise. And so to answer your question, I, I would absolutely say, and I'm gonna use rough numbers here, there's no, uh, you know, it's not, quantitative, the majority of my time is spent in that uh, people, right? So people is, is definitely it. The second is process because there is none. And I'll give you an example. So um, this year, my, my strategic focus is on visibility and compliance. And so I'm increasing the visibility through technology. But then, you know, say you see this FTP or, you know, there's a connection that goes out to an, a you know, Russian website. So what? You know, how do you, you know, what is your response? What is your remediation? None of that exists, right? So playbooks, response processes, who do I notify? How do I notify? SLA. So those processes, now I have to design and develop some scratch, make sure that they're repetitive, make sure that they're effective. So people, educating them that this is important, this is a new technology and so forth. Now you have the, the processes that surround it. Um, I am actually evaluating several technologies right now. And I've, I say this over and over again, the best interface is no interface. By the time I'm eyes on glass as the CISO for the city, it had better go on bad, really bad. I need to have a support process and a partnership with a security firm that will do the triage, do those frontline supports, because I simply can't do it. Not out of, you know, I'm not conceited, but it's, you know, I'm out doing meetings in front of the city council, right? So I can't be notified every 15 minutes about some type of event. So that breakdown uh, is extremely important. And I believe based on experience, CISOs will mess that up all the time. They'll put a, a, a lot of leverage in the technology, expecting it to be this magic wand, but then they don't have the process behind it. So it becomes shelfware. And then they blame the vendors, right? Okay, your technology, da 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 da. It's like, well, you know, we can alert, uh, but you know, what is your process around it? And are your people trained to support it? And so I think, you know, they kind of reverse what I have done. I'm not going to, you know, criticize, but I, I've seen where CISOs have put all, the, well, not all, the, a lot of eggs in that uh, technology basket, and have, you know, ultimately failed at, at uh, identifying and, and responding to breaches. When we talk about uh, the, the people part of it, part of that is the key stakeholders, right? Those who uh, assign budget, as you were talking about earlier. But I, I think a challenge for a lot of, of security officers out there is trying to speak the same language, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me about you know, how to get the communication skills to, to really get the information across that this is important, this is a threat, this is what we should focus on, and do it in a way that is actionable. I think we're at a pivotal point in time where um, I've experienced information security being viewed as a commodity, as compliance, as a checkbox. I've also experienced uh, what I call no Nazis, right? So the CISO would come in and say, no, no, no. And there's two things that I, 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 I hold as kind of my context. 
one, information security does not have the authority to say yes or no. We have the responsibility to identify the risk to the business and then communicate ways of uh, managing it, whether it's transfer that risk, whether it's mitigate that risk, whether it's to avoid it. But the business makes that decision. And so the CISOs who think they're um, even part of that you know, discussion for you know, the, the no or yes, need to kind of think about that, do some soul searching. The only reason why technology exists is to support the business, right? They don't buy it because they like flashy lights. They buy it because it's a force multiplier, it's automation, it's allowing them to meet their, their mission. Information security exists for only one purpose, and that is to secure CIA, confidentiality, integrity, availability of that technology. If you don't know what the business is, you don't know the processes, and you don't, can't communicate to the stakeholder, you are a second generation failing. Because as a CISO, you have to align yourself with the technology in order to the technology to meet its mission. So what I would tell you is, is imperative is to sit down with a stakeholder and listen to them, understand how they're using technology to meet their mission, and then provide value back to them. Because if you sit within like a CFO and you start talking firewalls, shut up, just go away, they don't care. You have to explain to them, okay, what is your metrics? It is you know, closing a quarter in a certain period of time. It is making sure the finances don't get re-posted. You know, re, oh, what do you do to do that? Well, these are the technologies, or this is the button that I click because they don't know, you know, they don't know the actual you know, technology. And then you say, well, how about if I can make sure that your systems are available so that you can post your quarterly earnings? Because if they were unavailable, that would be bad, right? Well, now the ears perked up because you're talking their language. If you start talking technology, you're going to lose, you're going to lose them, right? And actually insult them because now, you know, they got, became a CFO or CTO because of years of experience. And you start talking down to them as far as, you know, okay, you know, IPS, IDS, SOAR, NDR, you know, all those nice terms, you know, you're just doing an in-service. So I would tell you, here's the, here's the magic wand. Look at your information technology um, maturity model. Now you can use that in COVID, you can do that in multiple ways. Does your technology actually meet the business needs? And then what are those critical technologies by talking to the business and stakeholders and how you can protect them? Then I have been, <laughs> it's, it's, it, again, the city is just amazing. I've been brought in proactively. So when everybody, you know, in the past, it's been, oh, security's a bolt on. We're never brought to the table. We've never told about something. Yeah, and that's your fault. That is CTO, CISO and CTO's fault because they don't view you as a valued support, a valued partner. They view you as a commodity and an afterthought. You got to go in and, and sell that. You got to market that because if they think, oh my God, what would happen if this went down or compromised or confidentiality went out the door? That would be really bad when they start thinking that way versus how do we check the, the box? You know, we need Sarbanes-Oxley. We need PCI. Well, I come back and say every credit card breach is from a PCI compliant, uh, you know, uh, company. So think about the, you know, do you want security or do you want compliance? Security is, you know, when you start talking to CFO, CFOs about data loss and how you can prevent it. Interesting, because you're doing a lot of this on your own, though. So how, how do you have time to do that, have time to go get that, that buy-in? You know, are you scheduling that, you know, those sit-downs? And, and, you know, how are you juggling it? 
Well, that, is, that requires a lot of support from my leadership team because I am doing those sit downs. I am doing those calls, right? So if you have a CTO, uh, and that's who I report to here at the city, who, who has the, the, if you're not sitting at your seat, you're not doing your job, right? You know, oh, you, your office is empty. Well, you're not going to succeed because you're sitting there behind the desk, right? So I'm reaching out to them. Um, there's, there's, I, I, I'm kind of using a certain compliance initiative like, you know, the House Bill 3834 for security training to reach out to all the, you know, teams. Uh, we also have, um, you know, different events that I've hosted uh, to, to help with that. So, yeah, if my CTO knows that I'm out communicating and marketing and, and, and integrating with these external teams, that is, I think, the most important thing. I have been um, in environments where you know the technology uh, manager, the CTO or, or CIO, has has just basically said, you know, you got to be at your desk because you know I'm old school and you can't work. I wonder how they're dealing with the pandemic actually, but um, here it is, you know, with the support of my leadership team, it allows me to reach out uh, and and really, you know, if you start listening to them, and that's hard for me because I talk a lot. If you start listening to the stakeholders, that's that's where they start revealing the challenges they have. And I actually have gone back to our network and infrastructure teams and said, listen, this may be out of my lane from a security, but here's some of the things I heard. Maybe you can go back to them, to the leadership, the stakeholders, and offer some more technology that may meet their needs better. And so it's really been a partnership. Oh, it's fantastic. As we wrap up here and could talk for hours with you on, on, on this, but <laughs> You know, what advice do you have for municipalities, security executives within municipalities as we are in an interesting uh, financial situation right now as a company and also heading to a potential second wave of COVID? What advice would you give? Well, I, because, uh, you know, City of Irving has also got the financial challenges because of the revenue reduction in taxes. Um, for the municipalities, I would say, um, you know, if you take a risk-based approach, you have to now more than ever put your dollar uh, at the highest risk. So, you know, it, and, and I hate to say good enough, right? But uh, we have to identify what is it that could create issues, BYOB, uh, people actually accessing systems from home networks. So really focus in on as, as a risk-based approach. And, uh, you know, we've done that for years. But now, uh, because of the new exposures related to these work from home and the increased phishing attempts, uh, you know, put, it, it's more important now than ever to put those, those dollars uh, at the right place and, and really have to maybe back up uh, and, and, and really do some soul searching on you know, risk. And maybe that's, unfortunately, the stakeholders are increasing the risk tolerance in order to meet the, the money. You know, it's it just, it just a challenge uh, that we've always had. And just keep it up. Keep, fight the fight. There you go. Well, Eric, thank you so much for, for joining us uh, on the podcast. Very educational. And again, thank you for having me. CDM Media is the global leader in creating live face-to-face -face connections to drive business relationships, both in person and in digital spaces. You likely know CDM Media from our famous summits where we build connections between top industry leaders. 
Even in this time of social distancing where it's harder than ever to get deals done, where handshake deals are done across cameras and screens, CDM Media is still making those connections happen. Visit cdmmedia.com to learn about our line of digital events, which include digital summits, targeted digital boardrooms, content syndication, digital audience acquisition, and yes, even podcasts. Our focus remains the same, to bring people together to share ideas, get business done, and further your industry. Visit cdmmedia.com to learn more. We return next week for another edition of Executive Insights.